Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Yeah, welcome to Park Hill Church. My name is Evan, and my wife Sandy and I have the honor, really, of uh, leading and being a part of a leadership team that feels like family here leading this church. Um, Today we finish, like I said during singing, today we finish part three, final part of hearing God. Uh, And we're following this idea. In the world of the Bible, hearing God is a synonym for responding, obeying him. We're really good at separating hearing from obeying, uh, but that's foreign to the scriptures, which is why today is unique. Uh, As I said today, (laughs) if you're new or visiting, by the way, you picked a great day. So um, we're setting aside more time than normal to respond to God's voice through extended worship and prayer ministry, praying for one another, waiting on the spirit, getting in groups, coming to the table, coming forward for ministry in prayer. Um, I do think there will be, walking in Jesus is, is, is mostly process. It's mostly a long journey of process and routine and mundane and boring liturgy, honestly. Ordinary life. But there are moments of breakthrough also. Walking with Jesus is both breakthrough and process. And I believe God has, and this is, I know cliche, super Christian cliche, but I believe God has a breakthrough for many of us in a certain way and not in a weird cheesy, like expect a breakthrough emotional high, but like, Lord, I, I, I do think you want me to level up in my responsiveness to you. Show me how, shine your light on an area of my life because God delights in the response of his kids. So. Today, we just don't wanna talk about hearing God. We wanna do it together. Um, uh, Next Sunday, we kick off our Future Church series. So we're baking announcements into this little talk as well. So the Future Church starts next Sunday. And for the first time ever, we're teaching the same series alongside other churches. So our, our dear family up at Light Church and over at Neighbors Church, we're gonna go through the same 10 talks together as a family of churches in this city, practices that we will all commit to. So the last eight talks are eight practices that we're gonna build our lives around in a church, like fasting and Sabbath and commitment to community and reading the scriptures well, all of those things, and justice and generosity. So uh, and also, <laughs> perfect timing, future church. Can you do the next slide? On Future Church kickoff, we're gonna dedicate babies. (laughs) So uh, I found that to be, it just happened to be that way. Uh, Babies are both the present church and also very uniquely the future. Um, And we're gonna pray for them during the gathering. And then if you're in their community or in their family, uh, we're gonna host a lunch where the parents are gonna stand in front of their communities and confess their intent to raise their children in Jesus declare it like vows. Um, cannot wait to celebrate that together. And, um, and, and then this, this one, <laughs> this is all part of kind of what God is doing in the near future. Uh, the next slide, save the date, September 25th, we're doing a church-wide walk for water. So as a whole church, that's 5.2 miles around Lake Murray. Okay, so uh, just save that day. The official announcement is next Sunday with info and slides, but just think on September 25th, Saturday. It'll be $100 donate to participate in this walk and you're officially a participant. 100% of the $100, 100% 
goes to dig a fresh well for a village of 2,100 in Burkina Faso, uh, right next to a school of 300 students. So the guy whose company, nonprofit this is, he's raised all his own overhead, so all of the donations don't go to him, they go to the local well diggers in Burkina Faso uh, to stimulate their economy and to bring the gospel to them in a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. Um, this is all part of who, what we will be doing as, a few, as, as the church of the immediate future. Uh, Jesus wants to do a lot, you guys. Uh, communities back in session, generosity and justice for the poor through communities. But today, before we hit all that, that was a lot, that's a fire hose. Um, today, we're gonna take a deep breath and just say, Holy Spirit, come. So can you do that right now? Just like uncross your arms, get the blood flow going, circulation, and just say, four seconds in, five seconds out, Holy Spirit, come. We wanna be centered on you. Just like we sang, Spirit leads us to the heart of the Father because of the work of Christ. Jesus, we wanna see Jesus in us, in our character. Speak, Lord. All right. So this whole idea of responding to God, it comes from this chapter we've been reading, Deuteronomy 6. And in this passage, he identifies his family. What is his family identity? Those who respond, <laughs> those who obey. So can we read all this out loud in a spirit of prayer? Today we're engaging, okay? We're engaging. So uh, slide five. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Notice there, what is God really pumped about? Several things, but probably the main thing, his own words and their effect on us. How they're out for our good and they bless us when we respond to them. And so he says, my family, the identity of my family is hearers of mine, people who respond. Um, that's who God's kids are. And Jesus says the same thing. The family identity is, is hearers. Uh, look, at, look at Jesus here in Matthew 12. It says, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside. Verse 47, someone's like, hey, your mom and brothers are outside. They wanna talk to you. He replied to him, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my family, the children of God. That's their identity. That's, their, that's your identity. And, and Luke, three gospels actually record that story. Luke gets even more intense. Look what Luke says. He says, when Jesus says it, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and practice it. Jesus puts both together. They're not separated. This is what God's kids look like. And so today, part of today is saying, Holy Spirit, is this me? Am I here? Am I responding? 
And, and so we're not, we're not just gonna talk, we're gonna pray this sin, we're gonna pray it over each other. And so again, if you're new here, you're like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> what are we about to do? Um, listen, you can relax. <laughs> if you're new or visiting, rest easy. There is zero pressure for you to perform. Uh, Tanika, during pre-gathering prayer, she, she had a word. I believe it was absolutely from the Spirit. She's like, people need to know they don't need to perform. They don't need to be someone other than who they are today or ever. And I'm like, thank you. It's always nice when, when God speaks during pre-gathering prayer and affirms something that was already in my notes. <laughs> that's kind of nice. So uh, that's great. Yes, listen, if you're new, don't need to perform. This is not what this is about. You're welcome to just sit where you are maybe receive prayer, quietly sing. How often do we get to be in a place like that's safe, surrounded by people who love you and respect you? Even if they don't know you very well, they respect you with the opportunity to be prayed for by them. It's a rare gift to be in an environment like this. So before we move into this time, I believe God has something to say through this text. It's this final chunk of Deuteronomy 6. We finished the chapter. Put it on the screen, slide eight. Here it is. In the future, in the future, when your son says to you, what's the meaning of all these scriptures, the laws, the decrees that the Lord commanded? Tell him we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great, terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. And if we're careful to do, be the family that obeys, that'll be our righteousness. That'll be our shalom, our fulfillment by doing what God says. So, so just two observations here. <laughs> two observations. Take these into prayer. Um, God's making a bunch of ex-slaves his family and a nation. He's making them a nation, giving them an identity, belonging. And, and this comes from a personal place. These observations I'm gonna leave us, kinda leave us with. Um, the first one, look at that first line it says in the future in the future when your son or daughter the Hebrew word there uh, it was more patriarchal society they said son when they meant child very often so in the future when your son or daughter when your child asks you what's the meaning of all this translation when the future church asks what on earth is all this God stuff what is this Bible? What even is this thing? You guys go on Sundays and you pray in groups and you don't go to brunch and drink mimosas at 10 a.m., but you're in a building. You can drink mimosas later? Why don't you just get to the mimosa? And so, uh, like, like, why are you here? Uh, what is the meaning? You guys, this isn't just what does, interpret the Bible for me. And No, this is like, I'm, I'm looking at this book. What am I even looking at? That's what this is. It's one word in Hebrew, ma. Like, what the heck am I looking at when I look at Christians? Um, and this struck me. This struck me uh, because, number one, God's looking at the future and he, and he assumes his family will forget. 
He expects this. He expects that future generations will have questions, misunderstand the scriptures, and even forget who he is. In fact, he builds it into the covenant. You guys, what does this mean? He's ready for it. It means all this talk about doubt, deconstruction, you know, secularism. I don't know if like faith and doubt and post-Christian, the big questions that keep you up at night, right? Around morality and gender and sexuality and faith and, and race. All these questions, like how does the church answer these things? And, and the disillusionment that comes from those questions. You guys, that doesn't surprise God. Not only does it not surprise him, he planned for it. He wrote it in the covenant. He wrote it into the covenant. It's not if we have trouble and questions, it's when. And so the, the, the last observation, what do we do? If God knows that we'll be fickle and ignorant and our kids will raise up not knowing what the world is going on, if he knows this, what are we supposed to do? And, and this, is, this is the end. He says, when they have questions, to summarize, he says, tell them we were slaves to sin and self-destruction. God rescued us into his family through Jesus. He's always working for our highest good. Those who are God's family will obey him and live forever. Those who aren't, won't. Join Jesus and live. This is the response to all of the massive, the ultimate response the ultimate response. But don't get, don't get me wrong. We also need good, rational responses to the big questions, right? We're all about that. I'm not pushing some simplistic approach to complex issues, issues like, oh, racism? Yeah, it's not a skin issue. It's a sin issue. Just preach the gospel. I'm not saying that at all, at all. No, I'm advocating justice and righteousness in Jesus' name. Um, I hope you hear what I'm saying. We need good, rational responses as the church when culture and our children have questions. But ultimately, ultimately, at the end of the day, there's one response that matters most. And every one of us should be doing this. None of you, if you are God's kids, are exempt from this. Because this response carries power to transform darkness to light and death to life and it is tell the Jesus story and tell your Jesus story. The Jesus story is the gospel. Your Jesus story, how has it transformed your life? That's it. This is the ultimate response. All of God's kids are, are commanded to have this response in this moment. This is the response of the future church. Tell the Jesus story and tell your story. And uh, man, this comforted me this week. I just gotta be honest, like this week was hard. Um, tons of bizarre emotions for me this week that were mostly honestly born out of ego and a critical comment from someone here and a person leaving Park Hill to go out of state there and a person saying I'm done here. Just all these little things came into my soul at once and spun me out into an ego trip. And, and I was like, man, what? Uh, what is my role? What is, our, what is the voice of the church? What, is, what am I supposed to be thinking about the next few years? And, and this text, this text came straight from heaven for me. Um, I hope it encourages you. Uh, is, I'm reading this and I'm like, God, your word is alive. You saw a future where people have tough questions and they turn their backs on each other 
and, and you wrote it into the covenant. And none of it surprises you. You wrote our future ignorance into your covenant. He's ready for this, you guys. And now all that matters, ultimately, is that we tell the Jesus story and tell our Jesus story. That's it. This is you. This is your call. Um, and, and so my personal influence doesn't matter. Evan Wickham's reach doesn't matter. But you know what does matter is my character that my wife can see and that my community can, can hopefully see and say, hey, you're not treating your wife well. And, and uh, the Park Hill Church's global reach doesn't matter. Uh, but you know what does matter here is Park Hill's vulnerable community. Church growth doesn't matter. What does matter is church health. It's not about coolness. I was talking to the, the host team this morning uh, and we showed this graphic on, on the screen from this brilliant pastor who said, it's not about cool, it's about kind. And, and, and so it's not about coming across a certain way, but, but, but stepping across a bridge, always. It's not, am I gonna feel awesome at church today? It's like, am I willing to respond today? This is it, you guys. So that's the culture of the family of God. Um, so what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna spend 15-ish minutes, 15 to 20, uh, coming to each other, coming to God, coming to the table. So if we could first, um, <laughs> again, don't feel any pressure to perform, but if you, if you feel comfortable introducing yourself again to the folks you said hi to during the four minutes, and maybe, maybe remind yourself of their name, and then just uh, ask, ask one question, how can I pray for you? And begin and just go. Like maybe groups of three or four uh, or, or maybe not more than that. So everybody gets a chance to pray. We're gonna break up in groups and pray for each other um, right now. And then, and then we'll break it up with a song. So as soon as we start singing, you can just kind of come out, come out of the group and sing. And then, we'll, and then we'll move into the next thing. But right now, just get the name of the person in the church that you met or maybe you didn't, meet them now and, and begin praying. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> 